and before I leave today, I will be producing the video, so I'll send that to you beforehand. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll do an abbreviated version of the weekend because, as you can see, I have our favorite guests, Pia and Colin, with us this morning to help us wade through the Pleiadian Earth energy. And I have to say, you guys, I'm so loving the calendar and living from the calendar. And as we were just talking before the show, we've started producing a daily uh, graphic, um, giving people the information so that it's more, uh, um, so people are actually looking at this and probably going, what is this? Because some of them may not realize what it's from. So it's really exciting to be able to share that. And I'm really happy to have you with us this morning. Thank, Thank you. you. We love We love these conversations. We do seem to stir the pot though. I'll tell you what, last time we were together, <laughs> I had all kinds of fun fielding questions and comments. And uh, it's amazing to uplift people's thinking uh, or to cause them to think outside the box or to look you know, in a different, at things in a different way. Um, so thank you guys, you, you, do, you do stir us up in some ways, make us think of different things. Uh, and here we are today. It is 13 self-regulating. You want to speak to that at all, either one of you, and what we can expect on a day like today? Well, 13 is the point of integrating everything that we've experienced for the last 13 days. And being combined with self-regulating gives us an opportunity to really pull it into ourselves and make it real. So everything that we've been going through for the last 13 days, we have a, a moment of pause where we can kind of bring it into ourselves and get ready because after today we're stepping into a really exciting uh, interesting period for the next 13 days so today we should all be regulating ourselves adjusting ourselves integrating whatever our experiences have been celebrating what they've been and getting ready to move forward <laughs> I love it. Now, from an astrological standpoint, here's the interesting thing, is that the first half, there, there's this split right now, right today, uh, actually coming up on Monday, the energy shifts for the month completely. And maybe even it starts today in some ways with um, the first half of April being really very Aries focused and the second half of April becoming very Taurus focused. And not only because the sun is changing signs on Monday, I think it is, uh, but because there's been the stellium of planets that are gathered, which puts more focus and more energy in that particular sign. So, you know, it's, I, I like it when the various systems come together and show us the intensity and the changes and the shifts. It makes it much more profound to me when that happens. It does, and it, it also brings in the, the element of duality when, when rather different or opposing energies are changing from one focus to another. So it's actually a pretty auspicious time for this next couple of days. And I did take note, I'm not a Western astrologer as you are, Janet, but I did take note of Mars trying Jupiter bringing in fighting for the highest good kind of a feeling followed immediately by Mercury square Pluto bringing a <laughs> lifting of oppression, followed immediately the next day by moon conjunct Mars bringing cooperation and unity. And I thought, yay, this split <laughs> that you're talking about is going to take us from one sort of action and just maybe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, please, but sort of a grounding into what we need to do and who we really are together. Yeah, in fact, there is there there is this like underlying theme in Taurus energy for bringing people together. It's a very stabilizing kind of sign, and it it appreciates that security that we have when we are, you know, feet on the ground and really grounded to uh, our existence, and that we are simplifying 
our lives, right? That's a big theme that's sort of under everything is the simplification. And what is the simplest thing? It is when we come together and we're mutually supporting one another uh, and that we are, you know, this is a, a sign ruled by Venus and Venus represents love and harmony and peace in, in uh, Western astrology, among other things. And here we have this grand opportunity then to maybe course correct toward that energy. It, it's been, you know, it does feel to me, I, I follow cryptocurrency and my cryptocurrency is doing this up, down, up, down, up, down, like there's this volatility to it right now. And I feel like that is sort of a mirror for what's going on in our daily lives is, you know, several different times during the day, it could be up and, uh, you know, followed by some downs. And I think that leaves us a little breathless and it forces us almost to bring things down to their, their simplest forms. I think you're yep. exactly I, right. I think that's absolutely accurate. Shaking us up as it were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now that means if we're at a 13 day today, then that means at sunset, we're going to transition over into the one catalyzing energy. Why don't you describe for us what that week is going to look like and what can we expect, which, you know, what can we do to facilitate it, all of that good stuff. Well, catalyzing energy is known to bring in both extreme challenges and extreme opportunities to jump into other dimensions, higher dimensional awareness, opportunities to connect with nature, so I think the key for us is going to be to live in a higher positive place of saying, okay, we may be having some unexpected challenges over the next 13 days, but these challenges are what, well, mother, mother, what is necessity is the mother of invention. These yeah. challenges will open us up to be able to create more positive things in our lives globally for all of us. So it's a chance to look at it from a perspective of, Instead of, oh, no, what now? Look at it as what are we going to be able to create out of this? It's, it's a situation of using creativity to change what we have been doing. And it, it, it's all about making choices. Catalyzing is all about realizing that every thought we think is changing who we are and how we're affecting everyone else. So every thought we think makes a difference. And then beyond the thought is the action of that thought. So what we're doing is we're thinking of, of new things, we're catalyzing new ideas, new maybe new belief systems, but then we're actually actualizing it by taking the action of catalyzing those changes and those differences. So it's a very powerful, very, very powerful 13 days. And what Cullen just said about what we do affects everybody else and what we think, what we say impacts everybody. Catalyzing energy is also about community. And at this time, we need to broaden our perspectives to the global community because we are all, all over the globe, no matter where we are, going through the same energetics of change, the same challenges, the same opportunities to do it a different way. So if we want to really go through these next 13 days in a positive way, we need to look at everything we do creatively. How can we make this better? And re just refuse to move into the lower vibrational reactionary thing, which can leave <laughs> us feeling rejected, disappointed, victimhood, all of those things. It'd be real easy to slide back into that because that's an old pattern. But if we want to utilize this energy, we won't slide back into that. We'll say, okay, we are joining together as a community to change what's, what it is we don't like or what's no longer working. What do we need to do together? This is a perfect opportunity to create more of a unity consciousness. What, what P is saying about a, a global understanding or a global change in the way we do what we do, that draws us towards community. And that, that is what we're supposed to be doing at this time in human evolution is doing our best to create a unity that possibly hasn't been available to us for a very long time. We've been stuck in <laughs> governmental rules, educational rules, religious rules, all the things that have controlled us. And it's possible at this time during these energies, 
that we can actually create something that's much more unified. And it feels really good to, to, to hear you guys talk about it like that, because one of the things that I felt almost immediately when you were first talking about it's a global thing, is that even though we may feel individually like our world is being rocked, even though we may feel as a, a country that our world is being rocked, it isn't just us. It's not, we're not insular in that. It's happening everywhere, that the whole of the globe is in this process of changing. And another thing that I uh, just wanted to, to bring up is that we're entering into a new, plea, uh, a new human design week today with the sun at the gate three, which is innovation, inventiveness, thinking outside of the box, bringing in the new, being open to possibilities. <laughs> so when that, you said that, I was like, wow. That's a perfect match with catalyzing. I those, know. those two elements are, are the, the engine or the energy to really change what hasn't been working and how we together can once again create something different and much more positive. I love how various mm. systems that are true show different perspectives of the same thing. I love how that mills and surprises us and makes us delighted at how obvious it is. It's here. This is what we're going to. Yeah. It's magical. It makes me go, wow, there is so much more here than just, you know, and things that I can see and, and, and touch. And then I also think it speaks to the fact that we are the creators here, that we're the ones, it's not the government, it's not the religions, it's not any of that, it's the people that have allowed this, or have uh, believed that that was all there was, or believed that that was some kind of truth. And the real truth is in here, right? Mm -hmm. It's with us. And that any moment we have, oh, I don't have a necklace on, but I'll use my hair. Any moment we have a key <laughs> that we can use <laughs> to unlock the lock to let us out of our prison. And these energies that come along, I can't even imagine, you know, how, how awesome catalyzing energy can be for some people if they, it, and how it can also be shaking up some people during that time to, to realize where they've self-imprisoned instead of self-released. Well, one thing that I think not many people know about catalyzing energy, and we haven't really written about it anywhere, is that in alignment with the human body, the catalyzing energy represents the heart. And that's where all the wisdom is. And you just said we all have it locked in here, right here in our hearts. And catalyzing is finding the key to unlock it and utilize it and use our hearts in every thought, in every action, in everything we choose. I know, that's fa fabulous. Now, just as we were talking about the sun, uh, highlighting some of that innovative energy, the earth is gonna be sitting at a gate that talks to nurturing mm -hmm. and nurturing self and others. Uh, there's a tendency with the earth at the gate. It'll be the gate 50 for those of you out there who follow human design. And I'll be showing the graphic later on in the, the broadcast. Um, it's an energy where sometimes we take on too much responsibility for other people's well-being and, and in effect end up smothering them. How funny we were talking about the Smothers Brothers. Um, <laughs> that we, It can be a smothering kind of mothering energy as opposed to um, the the gentle uplifting and empowering of others to live out the highest and best and nurturing themselves. But we also have to learn to nurture ourselves. So there's this gentler energy running through it, reminding us to take care that we are the ones responsible for our own self-care and health. We are. That's a, that's a really important idea um, because if, if we don't take care of ourselves first, how are we gonna have the energy or how are we gonna have the time to truly wholly take care of other people? And government and religion and, and all, almost all institutions have trained us to believe we have to give every ounce of ourselves to others first. And then if there's a tiny little bit of energy left, maybe we can do something for ourselves. And they also categorize us as being selfish if we don't follow that protocol, which is ridiculous. Well, right. I mean, way to keep us unbalanced, right? And keep us yeah. depleted. And yeah. And I will tell people that often the word self-centered to me is a very empowering word. 
it's not that you're being selfish and only caring about yourself. It's that you know that you're caring for yourself first allows you the space, the energy, the ability to help others. Without it, you're coming from a depleted place. Yes, exactly and, right. and, and Janet, what you're bringing up, what you're talking about is also bringing back the, the highest attributes of the divine feminine because the divine feminine can be very, very powerful, but it can also be very gentle and, and very loving and very supportive. And I think we need to really do our best to utilize the, the highest form of the divine feminine. And I'm speaking here, not just to women, I'm speaking to men as strongly as women, because men have become so out of balance with, with the, the male energy that, that is too forceful, too forward thinking, too controlling. And men need to step back and look at the attributes of the divine feminine in order to balance themselves so that they can do a better job in taking care of themselves first so that then they can take care of others, community, global, everything. Right, to be in their right place. Yes. Right? To be in their right place, which is protection, which is helping with the sustainability of the, the community or the tribe or the nation or the world, not in tearing it apart in there with war and all of that kind of, of very aggressive sort of energies. It's about providing. It's about yes. setting up the ability for the species to keep going <laughs> in, in that, healthy ways. Yes, and, and that, that is really important in the understanding of stopping the degradation of nature because without nature, we have nothing. We are nature. And hmm. if, if the, the trajectory is to continue to do things against nature and natural cycles and natural balances, we're not going to have anything left to actually live on. So taking that, that male dominance away from that and allowing a much more balanced male and female or female and male it's, combination. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. I just... It's huge because I see already what's happening is that we're already, I mean, first of all, we're explorer types, right? That there's that, but we're already heading out to other planets now with that same attitude of conquering, of, of discovering, of, of uh, raping, if you will, the, the elements of other worlds rather than focusing on this one. It's almost like, oh, you know, Earth is, her days are numbered, so we're going to head to Mars now, and, or we're going to build bases on the moon now, and I'm not against that. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I think that there's something there that's very exciting, but we have to fix what's going on here, because otherwise we're going to take those same attitudes and those same things out to other planets and other um, civilizations that we might possibly come across out there. It's about coming, again, it's about coming back to the heart and self-care and mm. self-care includes our own planet. Yeah. And talking about the masculine and the feminine, here's what's really interesting about this particular month. Remember earlier, we were talking about how the first half of April was all very Aries. Well, Aries is ruled by Mars. So it was very, there's a very masculine overtone to those first few weeks. Um, now we're, we're moving more to the feminine because the Taurus is a feminine sign ruled by the planet Venus, a feminine planet. So now we have maybe that, maybe it's that week, that 13 days that helps us rebalance um, so that we can complete the, the empowering of the feminine through the rest of the, even through what, May 20th or so when it shifts to Gemini energy. Yeah, so. it's, it's probably no accident that this 13 day Pleiadian Tricena is exactly in the middle of the month between what you just explained mm -hmm. between feminine and the masculine. This, this energy is actually a balancing, I don't know what to call it. It's a, it's a, it's a balancing energy between those two factors or those two elements. And what could be more perfect to have this right in the middle of the month? Yeah, I'm thinking like borderlands, right? It's the, it's the dividing line between the two, but it's sort of neutral in its position 
as we're shifting through neutral to get to feminine. So maybe a time for that, you know, reevaluation of how you're living your life or how you're, you know, um, pushing yourself out there and um, your beliefs, what, all, all kinds of reconsideration of, of uh, who you are and what you're doing. I want to go quickly and check in over here with everybody and say hello this morning. Whoa, we've got quite the number in here. Hello, Asa. Thank you so much for being out there. And if you all are uh, having any questions or you want to ask a question of Pia or Colin, you can type that in there and Asa will make sure that I get that. Good morning, JLo and Kathleen Mallory. Uh, it's great to see you. She says, JLo says, Grand Rising, Pia and Colin. Uh, Mimi, good morning to you. Uh, Pauline Blenner, good morning. And Tom, good morning. He said, good day. Video didn't come up on YouTube till four minutes in. I can't, I can't deal with the lag. That's not my, I can't. <laughs> it's just YouTube. Uh, Christine Buckingham, good morning. And uh, JLo says, oh, she's saying hello to her. Uh, JLo says, yes, I am excited, Janet. I have the programming partner and the harmonic gate. I love it. So let's see what else. Um, Pauline says, hi. Oh, she's talking to Christine. All right, Natasha, good morning to you. She says, that is why when my hubby wants to go golfing, I say yes, as he needs to laugh and have fun to balance work and play for his personal growth, which it also gives me time to do the same. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, um, and the new moon on the 11th day of feeling. Oh, yeah, the, the new moon. If you went outside last night, you saw the crescent moon out there. She was quite beautiful uh, in her um, waxing phase, right? Getting bigger every night as we look out there. Uh, so what do you want to talk about now? What's new with Larkma? What new messages has she, the, they <laughs> been bringing in for us? Androgynous. Larkma is... <laughs> that it's time that we take our own responsibility and stop feeling like they, the government, the world, everybody else is doing this to us and, and refer exactly to what you said a few minutes ago. We are the people. We are the ones who have the power to accept or not accept whatever's happening to us. So they're talking a lot about using these magnificent energies that are here to take back our own power and to do it through our hearts with love. Don't do it in anger or, you know, any kind of negative space, but do it in a way of, no, I don't think I'm going to choose that anymore. I'm going to choose this because this is, this is better. This is better for everyone and for the world. I love it. You know, there's a major uh, evolutionary pulse through human design that we can see that is happening. It's in, in process, if you will. And that is the solar plexus, the center for emotional energy is in a process of mutating. And what's mutating, it's not just the solar plexus, but at this point, the solar plexus is very youthful in our human design network of gates and energy centers. And in, in that, we've been using the energy of emotions in reactionary ways, right? Somebody throws something at us, we have to come back with something bigger. Somebody says something to us and we have to react, right? We get angry or we get upset or frustration and, and we throw out the baby with the bathwater because, you know, we have to start over and all kinds of different reactionary types of energy where that are based because the spleen is still holding on and it provides us the energy of fear. So we're reacting emotionally, immaturely to fear energy that is being generated from the spleen, which by the way, has kept us alive, you know, for millennia and uh, done its job to keep us prepared for what comes next. But it is slowly losing its power while the emotional center, which is about how we feel and how we respond to what is showing up in our world is taking more and more precedence in our reality. And by the time we get to 2027, it's actually going to have made a physical change in the dynamics of the human design chart that we'll be able to see. And everyone born from that point on will have a different looking chart but all of us that are here are right now we're in that struggle to learn the difference between reaction and response. 
So what you're saying ties in so beautifully here because we have been in either reaction or just uh, acquiescence. That's really, really interesting, Janet, and said so well. Uh, we do international live calls with Bartman where people can call in and listen to them and ask questions of them. And last Sunday, we had a colleague of LARTMA, someone who speaks through us often, Mary Magdalene showed up oh. and her entire message was about fear not, don't be afraid. You need to step out of the fear and start responding to your world in a place from your heart rather than reacting to it from a place of fear. So it, it's coming from many, many sources right now, but it's time that we surrender this fear business and take back our right to make our own choices for our lives. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, you know, when you talk through the gene keys, which is another divination system or a system of self-knowledge um, related to human design, also kind of astrologically based, um, what we see here is that it's the very mechanics, if you will, of our DNA that is in the process of being upgraded and changed. So that uh, he, uh, Richard Rudd in uh, the Gene Keys speaks to the DNA as a transducer of light. And the more that we allow uh, ourselves to become enlightened, it is actually our DNA that is changing in response to that and allows more light to pump through it and then out into the world as, you know, sort of like the number eight. I always think of that with the number eight, the eight days, that connection and abundance energy. I just love that because it's such a mirror for what's happening on the bigger picture, as well as what's going on with us as individuals. And the eight standing upright being, you know, the, the reflection of the divine in the human. So all of these things telling us at this moment in time that this is crucial for us to let go of this fear. In fact, I'm not even sure that there's anything that we must do because I believe the pressure is getting so hot that the change of state due to the just the physics of, of this dynamic of change is going to push us all into that new way of being. So I think the highest and best that we can all do is be open to this and to just be aware of how you're showing up in every situation from small to the biggest in your life. Yep, I, I think that's absolutely true. There's also something that's happening. The cosmic weather that, that we are experiencing, and I guess we could say enduring, the amount of cosmic rays that are coming to Earth for various reasons are bringing more radiation. And that radiation is bringing more light. And that is also affecting our DNA. So not only is it astrological and other, other influences, but the actual energy from, from the cosmos that's bombarding Earth at this time differently and more strongly than ever before in human history, that is causing us to become more enlightened and more filled with the energy that allows our consciousness to change. Yeah. So we're actually being given an, a huge opportunity at this time to grow through the change of the DNA. And because of the changing in the DNA, our consciousness is moving along in a much more rapid, much different, deeper way than it ever has before. Yeah. I think what both of you have said also about the doing. Janet, you said we don't need to do anything. It's just happening. But I think we do need to focus on the being. We need to focus on how we are being, not what we are being or what we're going to do next, but how we are being is the most important focus we have right now. How about just being instead of doing? Yes. yes. Exactly. I mean, because there does seem to be this thing about people. I mean, every one of them out there, everybody that, you know, you, we know, including me, we're always thinking about, well, what do I need to do? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I need to do something, but it really isn't about what you do. It is about who you be because it's your being that actually shines outward that enables change to happen. So, I mean, literally, I mean, Buddha has said that, if Jesus says things like this, it's, it's out there in the wisdom traditions, 
and we keep missing that piece, right? That, that one piece. I, I've been trying to be mindful when I talk to clients uh, in their readings that it, not to focus on what it is that you need to do. What is my life purpose? What is my mission? What, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? And to try to focus more on, well, who am I supposed to be? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And that, and that is deeply connected to the idea that we're always looking towards the future. We're, <laughs> we're always planning, well, am I going to have enough money? Am I going to be healthy enough to get through all of these things that are happening to us physically? We're focusing on a future that hasn't happened yet. It, ha- it hasn't been created yet. Mm. So we're not in the now moment, as Pia and both, both of you have just said, we're not just being in the moment. We are manufacturing something out there that doesn't exist yet. And that is a total waste of energy because that energy could be used for just being who we are right now in this moment of time. So important. So important. I, I was thinking about... Um, how we talk about in human design, how we talk about the spleen energies, which is where it's the energy center. It's not literally the spleen, uh, but it's the energy center that holds the survival energy. But survival is, you know, lower frequency, but I'm glad we've had it, right? I'm glad we've had the survival energies, but the higher energies are about thriving. And how do you get from survival to thriving is through feeling, you're going to feel the fear because it's just, it's still there. It's still a part of our energy template. Uh, But we always say, feel the fear and do it anyway, push through it, right? Because it's false evidence appearing real. Now there are real fears, right? Danger, danger is around us. If you're walking at nighttime and you want to take a shortcut through that dark alley and your hackles rise, I would say, don't go down that alley, right? That's, that's how, the, the spleen energies or fear energy has helped us to survive because we can instinctually know what's good for us and what's not good for us. Unfortunately, we let that turn into things that hold us back or keep us from being who we want to be. And what's necessary to do, as you suggested, and just push through it is trust. And that yes. is what is so lacking right now, because I would say globally, our trust has been abused. Those that we believed we could trust have lied to us, have tricked us, have given us a bad bill of sale. You know, everything they have done, most of the traditions that we have relied upon have betrayed us. And so therefore our trust is very, very fragile globally. And I think what we have to do is again, come back into our hearts and recognize that if we can trust in the universe and trust in ourselves of being the best person we can be, that moves us past the fear. Well, and it moves us out of victimization. Yes. yes. Right. That's yes. one of the big things in the mutation that is occurring that it will is in process, but is scheduled in 2027, is that we move to more faith, trust, surrendering to universal laws, universal energies moving us out of victimization and into freedom. That's why I carry my little dragonfly here because it represents the gate that is in that shift, the gate 55, for those of you out there who know human design, that's one of the main changes that's occurring and will prompt us to become more sustainable in the way that we live in more caring about one another because we're embodying spirit but also more caring about the planet as she's really um, a, a sentient being. And, you know, she's needing our respect and our ability to, you know, wake up and, and uh, smell the coffee here uh, and start taking care of her in a sustainable and a good stewardship sort of way. So victimization though, is an individual choice. So we, we, can't, we can't put the responsibility either for what's happened or, or what we expect them to do for us in the government or in policymakers or in religious beliefs and all of that, because that's giving our power away. But we also can't blame them for what's happened because we've been complicit in it as beings that's, on the planet. 
Yes. That's where our responsibility has to come in, is to waking up and recognizing that we are the ones responsible for where we are. Exactly. How it has unfolded. We are responsible for believing it, accepting it, stepping into it, instead of saying, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right to me. (laughs) Yeah, stepping in the doo-doo and leaving it on your shoe instead of throwing out the (laughs) shoe or cleaning it off. (laughs) Um, So really, it's magical when you think about how much true power we have as divine beings in the physical world and that we've been constantly just sort of feeding to other people um, in in many different ways. I mean, on a daily basis, almost, we're doing something that's giving our power away uh, rather than really understanding what it is that we're doing. So it's a wake-up call, I think, we're experiencing. Maybe catalyzing energy is all about wake up and see what you're doing. Yes, it is. is. And, And there's a great connection between responsibility and freedom. The more responsible we become, the more freedom we have, because we're making those choices to do what we know is right in our hearts. So if if we become more responsible, we change the world by standing up, and that gives us the power to see the freedom that's all around us, that we, we think it's elusive. We think, well, we can't really have the freedom because we don't have enough money we don't have enough power, but it's not just about- giving away your power right there, right? By even that thought of, I can't do this. Exactly. For exactly. whatever reason. Yes. So, yeah. so by, by simply taking more responsibility and using the courage to trust things, because we know in the end, the universe is, is, has our back. We are going to get through this together. And the, the more we think about how we can be more powerful in the choices we make, the more freedom we're going to experience. Isn't that amazing? And it's even in the word responsibility, response ability, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just right there, like right in our faces um, in, in the word. And I love that. And the other thing that I, I, I think of, and I, I'd love to hear your opinions on this as well, is that I think that no matter how crazy it's been, coronavirus and all, and the government's response or irresponse, not responding, our people and how we've responded. I think there's a certain rightness in it that is divinely guided in that we almost need to see the, the absolute ridiculousness at this end in order to, by contrast, in order to be able to come over here to what makes real sense, to where the real truth is. And I, I can't believe for a moment that the how the the universe god or source would have allowed this creation of this muck if you will that we're in that we've been in that i feel like we're moving out of um without a purpose i i I would totally agree with that it it seems to us that, that this is a huge opportunity rather than just a challenge we 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 can make changes through what we're seeing through the wisdom of our hearts rather than just relying on our minds to say, sure, they're telling me this, so I've always believed it, I'll continue to believe it. We're now at the point where we're able to say, well, wait a minute, that's not what my heart, that is not what my heart is telling me. My heart is telling me either to say no to this or yes to that, or to take the initiative and I think catalyzing is also connected to initiative because if, if we take the initiative to make personal changes first and then take them out into the world, we're going to make a huge difference. And I think that's exactly what you were just describing just a moment ago, Janet. We, we need to make changes and we need to not look at things as, oh, poor me, or I wish this wasn't happening. It's, it's challenging us to be different. It's challenging us to use trust, courage, wisdom, intuition, all of the gifts that we have that have been lying dormant that, that we haven't been using. It's time yeah. that we use these tools and these skills in a much greater way. And it's also very interesting that right in the middle of the catalyzing 13 day period, we have this new moon happening. 
So the first part of it is the old moon and all that needs to die away, which we can say, mm -hmm, I see how this needs to go. And then the new moon comes in for the last part of the catalyzing energy to say, let's do it differently. So it's a tremendous opportunity from shifting from this old that we've been doing, the way we've been perceiving life mm -hmm. into something completely different. I was just thinking too, that isn't it the, 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 the changing of the, the astrological wheel as well into Taurus energy is also facilitating a different way of approaching life in general. That, that simplification that we were talking about earlier in, in the show, you know, getting, breaking it all down to its simplest part, it's about love. <laughs> That's the simplest word, right? The simplest way is, is love and the heart that takes us right in here. And being under the guidance of Venus, that's going to become more and more evident. Mm. And being in catalyzing energy, which represents the heart of the human body, it's going to—it's all coming together it's in a lovely. way that we can live from heart. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I've shared this experience before with you and with your listeners. When Pia and I met, one of the first things she told me, very seriously, was, "I'm only interested in two things: simple and deep." And that that is the equation of love as you just said right there yeah. simple simple and deep takes away all the complications it takes all of the 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 unknowns all of the things that that we really either don't understand or aren't interested in dealing with and makes it just a much simpler understanding of the big picture and for me Simple is about responding in the present moment where you are and using the depth of being able to see how your choices, your thoughts, your decisions radiate out into everyone else. So to me, that's simple and deep. And that is love. Yeah, absolutely. And I always, I, I, this it would be really good if I could do this all the time. But one of the things that we can do before we react in the space, right, the, the space of response is to just breathe in and ask yourself what is the most loving way to show up in this situation sometimes that might mean if you're in the middle of an argument it's to be quiet not say anything sometimes it might be to, to walk away sometimes it might be who knows but if you're asking the question of yourself what's the most loving thing i can do or what's the most loving way for me to show up in this situation it changes how and what you do, how you be. I'd like to share with your listeners a technique that Larkma gave Cullen and me, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. Whenever okay. there's an element of discord or disagreement in a situation and you feel that emotional impulse coming up that you need to defend yourself or get your point across, they said, stop right there. The moment you feel it, become aware of it and stop and take the other person's hands look into your eyes and tone together. Stop the words, drop away from the argument and just come back to the purity of sound and sight looking through your eyes and feeling with your heart. And then you can share your opposite perspectives without this emotional impact involved. It works beautifully. And, and one of the things Larkma talked to us about years and years ago was make this decision as quickly as possible. You, you said that, Janet, a moment ago. Don't, don't let it escalate into a possible situation of, of tension or argument or whatever the, the circumstance is. The faster we catch, oh no, I'm going into this, this mode of reaction, the quickest you can say to yourself, okay, I have to do something different here. That makes a huge difference because you don't get embroiled in all of it if you stop for that just that one second and do what you explained to do, mm -hmm. it, it makes a complete difference in the energy of what is going to happen. Yeah, imagine your relationships and how powerfully positive they can become when we step out of that need to be right. Because that's often what drives you know, the fight is I, I'm right, you're wrong. And you know, are defending our position as if it meant our life. <laughs> like if we don't defend ourselves with this, then then there's you know something wrong in the world. Uh, but what's wrong in the world is that we are always re in reaction and trying to defend ourselves. And there's a place for defense. Right? There is a place. There's a place for reaction. 
you know, if your child is about to step out in front of a car, your reaction is needed there. So it's not that we want to do away with reaction. We just want to do away with the emotional reactions that create chaos in our relationships, whether it's mm -hmm. on the individual level or the universal level. And the Pleiadians tell us that comes from our position of separation because we have polarized everything in duality. And if we could learn, instead of saying, I'm right and you're wrong, if we could learn to say, well, there's two rights here and two different perspectives, that would be helpful. And that, and that is what's necessary globally with tribalism, nationalism. Oh, yes. Political, all the political nationalism about my government is right and your government is wrong or my religion is right and your religion is wrong this this separation has been going on for eons of time and it needs to change not only on the individual level that we're talking about right now but it needs to change on a global level and yes yeah. some leadership some something has to come into place to help the world understand that we're all here on purpose we're all equal and the, the more we do whatever we're doing together, the better the whole planet will be. And we're resisting that every day. And if, if we would really look into this, it would stop hunger, it would stop pollution, it would stop everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it starts with us as individuals. And that's the key, right? We have to choose. When we choose, then that allows the next person that availability of choosing peace and choosing love and on and on. So um, there's a question from the audience and I lost it for a second here um, from, uh, I'm gonna mess this name up, Skavica Vukanic. Can you give us some advice on how to overcome fear, meditation and spiritual techniques? So I like the one that we talked about that Larkma, um, you know, the facing one another and holding hands and toning. But what else would you say to that? When you're starting to feel fear, the first thing that you have to do is recognize what is it you're truly afraid of? Because oftentimes we say we're afraid of this, that, and the other, but it doesn't even touch the bottom fear. The bottom fear might be that I'm not going to be safe, that I'm not going to be loved, that I'm going to die. Those are the three top bottom fears. So you need to plow through that and figure out what is it that I'm really afraid of. And then you need to look at, well, what's the worst that could happen? Because it will cause a reevaluation of everything that you're thinking if you address that question. That's a great what's one. <laughs> and that starts you thinking about, well, so what? What if this happens? Then what? What if this happens? It, it, life, life never ends. Being frightened that, that either we're going to die or that we're going to run out of money, or we're going to run out of food, it, it it doesn't really matter. I mean, this may sound nonsensical, but but actually, it's important. P is absolutely right. What is the worst possible thing that could happen? We might meet somebody who who has groceries to give us. We might meet someone who has the car to take us where we need to go. Focusing on it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Yeah. simply entrenches us even more deeply into that pitfall of it's never going to work. I don't get what I want. Blah, 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 blah. And, and we're into the, the victim story then too. And if the fear is I'm afraid I'm not going to be loved and you really start looking at that question, what comes up is, oh, I don't love myself. So you can immediately start taking advantage of appreciating who you are, the gifts that you have and loving yourself. And when you move into that space, all of a sudden the world loves you because you love yourself. So the three biggest fears, there's really nothing to fear. So to work through fear, look at what the real fear is. What is it you're really afraid of? And then rearrange your thoughts around it. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, so, Anything else that you want to say before I transition over into a quick rundown of the astrological information? I'm excited to hear what you have to share, Janet. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think we've covered a lot of territory. Let's listen to you. 
Oh, great. Well, uh, I so appreciate you too. We, we never know, by the way, everybody out there listening, we never know what we're going to talk about. I mean, we had this idea we were going to talk about one catalyzing, and I, I think you can see we've talked about that and many other things. Um, okay, before we launch into the astrology, one more question. JLo says she understands the part of two rights, but my phone just closed up on me. Thank you. Um, but in some of the negative aspects, for example, someone takes and murders someone else in that person's eyes, they see it. Um, correct. Okay, ho hold on. I'm thinking what she's asking is, how are we, there's, there's this, someone murders someone else, and then the reaction, the negative reaction from the other person, of course, is anger or upset, wanting retribution and justice and all of that. So I'm thinking, JLo, that's what you're asking. How how are we meant to deal with that kind of of big issue? I think what I would say to that is you have to find a place of trust in your heart that everything's unfolding as it should. And the murderer and the murderee have entered into some kind of contract where they chose to have this experience. And it's not yours to judge whatever's going on. So back away from your emotionality. By all means, have your opinion and your perspective that this was not the highest good as far as you can see. But detach from it enough to trust that the universe is caring for both of those people, that both of those people needed that experience for their soul growth. Yeah, that, that takes us into deep metaphysical grounds, you know, where, you know, we can't see from our limited perspective of life right now, what happened before we came here, right? What did, what were the agreements that we made uh, for people to play a part for us in our lives? Uh, there was a, a book one time that I read, Courage of Souls, I think it was, and the author was talking about that pre-life contract and the amount of love it takes for someone to incarnate in an agreement that says, for your soul's evolution, I'll be your murderer, mm -hmm. or I'll be your rapist, or I'll be, yeah. you know, I'll play this role for you. And it's really hard from our limited human perspective to see that, that, that there's a rightness in that for whatever reason that, that, that is there. It doesn't make murder correct. No. It, it doesn't. It just makes what is gone on between these individuals something that we can't see the reason for. Exactly. And we've all been all of those things. We've all been murderers, rapists. Um, the worst of the worst. Yes. And we've all done that for our own evolution. So it's part of, it's simply part of the process. Also, mm -hmm. that kind of energy is going to disappear when we get out of the place of fear and judgment, and we start moving into the higher vibrations of living through the universal laws, there will be no killing on this planet of any kind. Um, they're, they're telling me that uh, the person who murdered feels they are correct in what they did. So I'm thinking, you know, so. I think this is a deeper conversation. <laughs> I think so too. What you want to share about yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, JLo, those are great questions. And uh, I think that at this point in time, it's probably best for all of us to think about what we can do in the situations mm -hmm. that we're facing personally. And if you're facing something like someone was murdered in your life and that you, you're dealing with those kinds of feelings that may be reaching out for, you know, counseling or coaching of some kind can help you with that because that's a deep one. It's really deep. Yeah, because what, you know, it's the people that are left behind that are de are, are the ones that are going to be in the reaction phase. The person who's murdered or, or gone, you know, they've ascended, they've gone, you know, to into spirit. Uh, they're no longer in pain. They're no longer suffering, you know, all of that. So it's hard for us to view it that way, though. I get that. So good question. Big, one for another day. It's a big picture. It is really a big picture. Big, big, big picture. Um, okay, so transitioning to the astrology, there is a lot going on in these three days. And one of which, of course, is um, today's self-regulating energy going into that 13. That to me is a very, very busy, I mean, uh, not busy, but a very 
important thing for us to take on as individuals that that going into the 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 deep or going into the void and exploring that energy of self and where you are and what's happening for you. Uh, today, of course, we have the sun in uh, square to Pluto. That is why, of course, we're picking these deep subjects to talk about <laughs> all of these big things, because the sun and Pluto, when they come together, they, they're sort of creating, well, a couple of different energies. One would be about how the path to self-empowerment, right? The sun is the force of our personalities, our egos. And Pluto, of course, is taking us into that transformational energy. What is it that we need to let go of, die to, if you will, in order to be reborn and or rebirthed. And that's we go through a million different day deaths and rebirths on any given day uh, in any given situation. So it's nothing to fear. It's just an empowerment phase that we're going through. But the square tells us that there's going to be some kind of perhaps challenge to our trying to move through this energy. But it also, in some cases, in the more negative aspects, increases uh, the need, the feeling that we have as individuals to control to control others in our life, to control a situation, to control the direction things are moving in. So we need to be aware of that so that we can release our need to control our lives because that constricts instead of expands. And it's expansion, it's, you know, that expansion, you feel it when you pull your arms back that the heart moves forward. So it helps us to live from our heart when we are not in that constriction. Uh, so we have the opportunity to transform disempowerment in our relationships, in our careers, in whatever place in your life where you may be feeling that, that um, disempowerment in that's happening. Uh, as well, today we are shifting our human design week. I'm gonna share my screen so you guys can see the graphic for this. So this is week four in our human design week and Pia and Colin, the human design week runs between four and six days. So it's different. So we have more weeks in a month in a calendar uh, than we have um, with the regular weeks the way they run. So we are moving into week four and this is where we bring a fresh breath, so to speak, of air to ourselves, but also to the world but we're being challenged to responsibly nurture ourselves and others and those ideas. The sun will be at the gate three, is at the gate three now, the gate of innovation. So here's where we have to adopt our uniqueness. We have to be okay with who we are, um, that we can choose to become innovative and inventive and do things in new and um, exciting ways. We don't have to stick to the old. But there's also this element of right timing that comes up because the gate three sits on right here down at the bottom on the sacral center. So the timing is in response to something that is showing up in the outer world. When we look at this uh, through the gene keys, we see the shadow energy is chaos. And, you know, um, in the I Ching, I believe it is, this is called trouble in the beginning. What it speaks to is that any innovation, any change, anything that's being catalyzed and being, you know, triggered to start again has trouble in the beginning. It's not like it's a fully formed um, expression right in the beginning, right? You're taking the first steps. And often those first steps create chaos as you're trying to do something new and maybe people are sort of in resistance or something happens that, you know, you hit up against a block that you can't go the direction you thought you had to go. So the shadow energy is chaos where the gift is in innovation. Hmm, I wonder how it is I can make this work. Okay, well, let me try this and or let me try that. So we become innovative in um, bringing and birthing new ideas here on the planet. In the city, the highest expression is innocence. I've never quite been able to pick out why that word is associated here, but I'll leave that to all of you to get into your own Gene Keys book and to read through the gate three and see how that city plays out as how does innocence play into innovation? The earth, of course, always creates what needs to be handled first in order for us to be using the highest and best energy of the sun. So in order for us to be the innovative, unique individuals that we are, to share new ideas and possibilities, we first have to nurture ourselves. We have to be full 
ourselves in order for us to be able to share in a healthy and sustainable way with the world or with others in our world. So if you are not taking care of yourself, but you're out there every day doing, 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 you're coming from a, a point of depletion and that's not sustainable. So we're learning about sustainability here. This is another weird energy in this gate of, of feeling like we have to be responsible for everybody else's be well-being and their welfare. And that somehow if we, if someone else in our family or our community fails, that it's our responsibility. So we have to be very care, careful here of letting go of the fear of failing others because then others don't have their own responsibility then in uh, taking care of themselves and nurturing themselves. So it's a fine line we sort of walk here. This gene key is the most interesting, I think, or yeah, is the most interesting gene key, in the, especially in the shadow, where it's the shadow of corruption. And it doesn't speak to corruption as a uh, integrity issue, uh, like somebody does something in a corrupted way. It's more that the message that we're passing on to people, like your DNA, of course, when your cells divide, the copy of the DNA goes into each cell. But if something happens with the messenger RNA and how it gets the message into the other strand of DNA, then a corruption happens. It happens in your computer when you upload a program and there might be an issue in, in, in some of the, the code and it corrupts the program. So the shadow here is this kind of corruption where we have misread the energies or we've misread the whatever the the code if you will and we have to course correct we have to bring it back into the gift level of equilibrium which then gives us access to harmony so it's a really interesting i think energy that we are playing with from the 16th through the 21st and uh, then we'll have a new human design week after that now as we get into saturday's energy saturday 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 is all mercury Mercury, 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 Mercury sextile Jupiter, Mercury sextile Mars, and Mercury squaring Pluto, which Pia spoke to earlier uh, in, the, in the broadcast this morning. So Mercury is in a very interesting place in his transits right now, because he's uh, approaching on Monday, the or Sunday, Sunday, the conjunction to the sun. And that is a superior conjunction at this point, which means he's the furthest away from the earth. When he is at that place, it's sort of like a full moon, right? Where we're coming into completion with something, some idea or something that was seeded back when he was in the inferior conjunction in the retrograde part of his phase is now culminating for us all. So the last few uh, connections he makes before that conjunction to the sun are telling us a lot about how well we have managed with our minds or with our ideas during this period of time. So sextile to Jupiter, sextile is a positive aspect, right? They're sharing, they're very expansive together, expanding the mind, expanding our communication, but positively, optimistically. So being able to speak to something in the positive and be more nurturing in the way that we speak to ourselves and to others. And then the sextile to Mars, monitoring our action steps that we're taking. Mars is in Gemini and Gemini is an idea machine. So what ideas are you taking action on? And Mercury rules the mind. So these two have synergy, right? These two are synergetically working together to allow you to see the possibilities, but then also to, to respond to what opportunities are opening up for you to connect with. The only little monkey wrench in tomorrow's energy really is the square to Pluto, where it can be, on one hand, conversations of a very deep sort. Maybe we're crossing into taboo territory where maybe we are daring to talk about the things that we don't normally talk about. Maybe psychology, maybe politics. Pluto loves politics, religion, spirituality, secrets, all these things that we sort of restrain ourselves a bit. Maybe there's something more that we, we want to explore in that kind of realm. 
um, we are not satisfied with the superficial during that type of, of transit either. It's one where we want to go into that depth. So we have to be careful when we, the way that we speak, this is Mercury. So we have to be careful that we are speaking to empowerment and not disempowerment. So today, that, that tomorrow, the trick is going to be to be open-minded, to stay in expansion, to be very aware of what your thoughts are on, what they're focused on, and what you're saying, especially to the people that you love. And what are you saying to yourself? Right? What are you saying to yourself? Mercury, by the way, in human design is going to be at the gate 42 or is at the gate 42, which is the gate of conclusion. And that sort of mirrors where we were this past week, right? With the sun at the gate of conclusion, where we were able to bring something to a close, right? Something that, that we've been working on, maybe some uh, idea whose time has passed and being open then to what comes next. And Pluto's at the gate 60, which is conservation. Here, this is about that thing that we were talking about being in the now, not going so far into the future or um, throwing the baby out with the bathwater in our, you know, wanting to shed the past. It's about being in the glorious now and taking the best of who we've been and marrying it to the best of what could be so that we are positioned for the future, but very much in the now. Then Mercury conjunct the sun. Uh, and their, conjunct, their conjunction is taking place at the very last degree of Aries, a karmic degree. A karmic degree here where perhaps the new message being seeded now is about the divine feminine because it's happening at that same transition point where we move from the masculine uh, energies of the first few weeks of this month into the feminine energies ruled by Venus. So Mercury rules the mind. And when he comes into contact with the sun, there's often a seeding of new ideas. But at this point in the cycle, this is where those ideas maybe grow legs, right? Where they actually get some teeth and are able to plant and to see what, what is durable, what is sustainable and what will last. So, the, and keeping in mind that the sun and Mercury both are gonna be at that gate three of innovation. So we are looking to the future, but by doing what we need to do right in this moment to prepare for that future. And then of course on Monday, I'll be back and uh, we'll be talking about the change in the sun moving into Taurus. Mercury also moves into Taurus on that day. They are piggybacking one another and um, there, there's a lot to be said, more said, more to be said about what that might mean as we move into Taurus energy. That's it for me today. Thank you, Pia and Colin. It is always wonderful to see you. Uh, I'm assuming we have a date for May. If I look at my calendar for May, it's probably May 14th-ish. Is that right? Or 21st, maybe? Looking. I had my list. We may be running because I think maybe we did it up through April. No, we left May open. So we had April 16th and then I wrote May with a blank. <laughs> well, <laughs> May 14th is fine. May 21st is fine. You choose. We'll be there. Okay. But We've been meeting on the third Friday. So why don't we keep it the third Friday and do May 21st? Okay. Perfect. So I'm going to write that in on my little calendar here now. So we have that. So we'll be back again with Pia and Colin on the 21st, but I will see you all on Monday. Take care. Many blessings to all of you. Remember, love is always the answer. See you then. Thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.